Welcome to the Profaned Ordained Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Michael. Welcome to Episode 7, Dashboard Confessional. Liz, where are we right now? We are sitting in a car outside of Fairlane Coffee PDX. We had to get out of Newburgh. We had to. And, and now we're sitting in a car. Yeah, and honestly... And I just learned that, you know, we drive Volkswagen, runs on diesel. Yep. Diesel or diesel? It's diesel. Depending on what part of the country you're from. Diesel in the south. It's like, well, yeah, greasy if you're in the north, greasy if, if you're in, in the, the south. south. Yep. And diesel works the same way. Yeah, it's a sim- similar but structure. But it turns out that diesel doesn't burn when idling like an idiot i didn't know that i just i love how guys just know stuff (laughs) girls know stuff too anyway um here's what uh is problematic is i haven't run this by any expert this is something i heard at some point in my childhood and it may or may not be true you did not tell me that so i actually don't know so someone can fact check that uh does, does diesel or diesel uh burn while idle i think it burns but burns slower than than gasoline i think there's not enough research being done these days on just random things like should you ingest disinfectant probably not but we don't know we don't know until someone tries it yeah no one's tried it oh no okay anyway before we digress uh, any further so we're continuing the conversation we started uh, last week in genesis 1 and answers in Genesis. Answers in Genesis. We had a lot of um, arguments about this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think because uh, I'm I'm finding Liz that we're moving as we stay in quarantine, as we experience the humdrum Groundhog's Day effect. I'm finding this beautiful, painful experience of being stripped of the way I the way I've thought about things. Yeah. And, Agreed. And so, like, Genesis 2 has had um, maybe, like, a a lot of little gold nuggets in it in the Mm -hmm. past. I think that those don't matter right now, um, somehow. And I think that there is even more essential truth that we can explore. More simple, more essential. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, as we've gone back and forth this week talking about Genesis 2, I'm like boil down for me the basics of humanity Hmm. what does it mean to be human because this is what we talked about last week what is it this is what we're going to talk about this week what does it mean to be human i'm like actually i need somebody to tell me that Hmm. that's where i'm at right now because i i mean honestly our quote-unquote creative differences surround my lack of ability to find any sort of uh anchoring uh stable ground in the bible right now i'm just gonna be honest with you i'm like Tell me what Genesis 2 has to do with my life right now. Tell me. I'm a physical, embodied human being. I was made from the ground. What are the other essentials? We've gone back and forth about this. I'm like, what else? What else do I need to we know? Need, we need connection. We need I mean, connection. We'll, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that... So, we see in Genesis 1 is this 30,000-foot view um, perspective of creation, right? Mm-hmm. God creates everything. And we see that God creates human and says that um, he saw all that he had made and it was very good, tov me'od. Um, that being about connection and not about perfection as we as we tend to think about it. Um, and then in Genesis 2, 
we kind of jump straight in. We skip past all of the creating of the trees and the birds and the beasts and the waters and all that. Mm-hmm. And we go straight into this story of God uh, very intimately creating humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and what we see is God um, takes the dirt from the ground and breathes into it the breath of life mm-hmm. and formed that first human. And it's um, it's not a man that... A man in terms of a biologically endowed with a penis man, um, but well, a human, know. right? And and so God then takes that human and and essentially puts him over this creation. Um, and is there and the human is there to cultivate the creation and to name the animals and to find um, this connection, right? And you get you get a little further into Genesis two. And you, and God says um, something to the effect of, uh, "It is not good that the human mm-hmm. should be alone." And uh, and so it says that God put the human into a deep sleep, and from the human's side, uh, we 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 say rib, but it's actually just side, um, forms this other human, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah. What I mean, that's kind of the overarching story. Yeah. What in it, Liz, draws you? I mean, just even in that short retelling, I start thinking about, okay, what does it mean to be alone? You know, this has been a really rough week for me at work in particular. And I think about, like, what what does it mean to be alone? Because when I, when I boil it down at the end of the night, I, I recognize the ways in which I am... Um, I'm not alone because I have you and our family, our kids. Um, but then, then I have Zoom all day long, mm. and that is so fatiguing. I feel so disembodied, and so I'm, part, you know, part of the rub. Like thinking about um, engaging Genesis two this week is like, how does I'm I'm asking the question, how does this even apply to my life right now? I mean, that's been my main source of tension. Is, but what does that mean for me? and you and all of us right now and it's the it's the aloneness i think that in some ways i i think we're we're each kind of like well at least we have technology right let's at least ourselves right Mm -hmm. for me this week at least i have a job Mm -hmm. okay so like at least we have technology and yet it falls so far short it is something but it falls so far short of the incarnational, the actual eye contact, the actual engaging with another human that when I get off Zooms and like that I've actually like cried in, I hit leave meeting and I'm alone. Yeah. And I, so I, I, I think, you know, as we t- we've talked about Genesis 2, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I mean you you pulled up this article. Was it Michelle Matibich who Manuel. posted it or oh yeah, Michelle Manuel um posted this this article about Zoom and how it's just so taxing on on us as human beings because there's so little uh, data coming from other people, right? And we were embodied in Yeah, almost like a cell phone looking for a signal. Yeah. It just drains. Yeah. Yeah, and um I, I I think that it's really starting to sink in for me. I'm noticing by the time I get to Wednesday, I'm so tired. But that's also the, the time that I need to be the most productive because the kids are in school. Um, but I'm I I find myself 
Um, and this happened, I think, the first week of quarantine for me. I find myself feeling like all I do is think all day. Mm. Um, I don't feel like my body has any need. Like, I don't feel necessary. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, you know, we, we'll joke, like, oh, you don't need to wear pants in Zoom. You don't need to shave before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm like, the fact that I don't need to do those things tells me that there's parts of me that doesn't, that aren't, aren't needed. Aren't needed. Yeah. Right. I don't need, if I don't need pants and I don't need to shave, there's something probably even deeper, right? I don't, um, maybe it's humanizing to some degree, like, oh, like we're all in this together. And so you don't need to do your hair and you don't need to do your makeup and, you know, giving ourselves permission. still do makeup? They, they, makeup's okay. a thing. Okay. Um, still, but, <laughs> um, but I, but I find myself feeling like I feel so unseen Mm. all day. Mm -hmm. Um, even if I'm on zoom with people, I am looking at myself while I'm talking, which which is is an odd thing to do. Right. Imagine having a mirror in the side of the face of anyone you're ever talking to in person. I mean, that's what it feels like. It's increasing our self-consciousness. Yeah. Um, and it's, and that's normal, right? That's not because, oh, we need to be less self-conscious. That's just, that's human nature. Um, and, uh, but I, I'm going back to this, this image of God coming down into the ground and breathing life into this human one, this earthling that, um, that is now alive. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we go and we think about how creation itself came about and God, um, you know, made like everything that was, that was coming about from the earth was coming out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I'm, I'm sitting with, you know, as, as a human being, I'm someone who's coming out of the ground. Mm. Um, and I resemble this creation, right? If the creation is also coming out of the ground, um, and life is coming out of the dirt, um, both for plants and animals, but now also human beings, um, I'm this imagery of returning to the ground Mm. Um, you call, you call it the ground of all being the, mm. the ground, um, uh, kind of represents humility. The ground represents lowness. Yeah. The ground represents being stripped away mm-hmm. of anything that may, that, that may cover it up. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think that's what this season is doing, mm-hmm. but I'm having to really trust that because I don't see any sprout of life I don't see any fruit coming about I just feel like I'm being stripped down to this kind of bare essentials of of my humanity yeah 100% I think the way you put it earlier was talking about like a trust bank like I'm having to like put trust in um it's it's like faith that something is um coming up out of this nothingness Mm -hmm. something will you know we're I was talking this morning out of my anxiety I'm like well it's 2020 the last recession was 2008, so I'm going to, from here, tack on 12 years into the future, and my daughter's almost 18 years old, and what kind of reality will she, be? you know, I, we do this, yeah, yeah. right? What What is going to come down the road, and this sense of fear, and actually having to put trust in this stripping down time, and I, I don't know always what to do with that. Well, you know, I mean, we're reading this book together, Adam's Return by Richard Rohr. It's incredible. Um, 
and it's it's essentially about male initiation mm-hmm. um and he's very over i mean he's he, he's talk, he's talking specifically to men um but there are some universal implications uh, so much of what he's writing about but um a lot of these first several chapters are really um you know he's he's saying like in order to fully become human um, there's a lot of stuff that we've kind of covered up mm-hmm. and we'll get into this, I think in, in Genesis three, but, um, there's a lot of ways, a lot of these kind of facades, these faces, these personas, um, you know, you could, you could label it as ego, mm-hmm. right. That we have created in order to make connection. Yeah. Um, right. Like the ways that we are in our relationships are formed in us over the course of our lives. And so, um, uh, sometimes they're really beneficial. Sometimes they're not, but they ha- they've certainly kept us alive. They've yeah. kept us connected. And I think this season is stripping so much of that yeah. um, back and it's tapping on, it's kind of trying to crack mm-hmm. those, those exteriors, right? Th- those security. I mean, I, I look at us, Liz, and mm. like we're educated we work for a for a larger institution that has that can sustain this at least right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Knock on wood. Yeah, we. Um, I mean, we we have a house that's tied to your job, so like, there's a lot of eggs in that basket. But um, all of these all these pieces that kind of created these security nets, um, but it's tapping on it, right? Yeah. Uh, retirement. Uh, just watching that. Pl- don't open that app. Right. Yeah. So like all mm-hmm. of these all of these things that. F- somehow provide like almost assumed security are being tapped on yeah and it's and it's doing something yeah it's forming something by essentially trying to uh strip those things away pull them back so that we can look all the way down into that humanity mm-hmm. um that i mean okay but let's yeah. talk for a second yeah. the, what you're referring to this like ground of being being made from mm-hmm. the earth this return uh, in a sense, talk, talk to me about like the pattern of that. Like where, like, where do we see that showing up? What does it mean? What does it mean for us cyclically? How do you, how do you think about that? Well, I mean, so we're, I I think that embedded in this story of Genesis Mm two, right before the quote unquote, the fall before sin enters the world, there's this deeply connected creation Mm -hmm. Um, obviously there are trees that bear fruit that have seed that go into the ground. And Jesus says in the gospels, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. Yeah. Uh, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. And so this must be kind of the world that mm-hmm. exists, right? Like if things are meant to return to the earth and therefore create more life, mm-hmm. then that's the even in the garden, there's something there, right? Sure. You can't just have trees and plants and fruit or even animals without death. Mm -hmm. There has to be, you know, there has to be uh, something that is going down in order to rise again, um, in order for life to sustain itself, right? Mm -hmm. And... So we call this archetypal. Yeah, it's it's a pattern pattern that exists universally for all things, right? And so I think humanity what we see by this image of coming from the ground is that, you know, we'll say on Ash Wednesday, you know, you get, you get the ashes on your forehead. And if you do it at a pre liturgical church or community, they'll say from, uh, ash to ash, dust to dust, something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, from dust you came to dust you shall return. Yeah. 
And I think that is the invitation. Mm-hmm. From well, dust you came, to dust you must return. And that's not just, you know, from dust you came when you're born and to dust you must return when you die. But that's actually the, that's the rhythm and movement of what it looks like to grow yeah. as human beings is you're faced with something like this, quarantining, loss of job, however it's personally impacting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the invitation embedded in that is an invitation to return to, return. to the dirt. Yeah. Um, and, and somehow there's something that is that can die, be stripped away, and, and, and renewed. You know, Roar talks about, I love this point that he makes, he talks about um, these... Um, people that we hold in really high esteem they're like magnanimous people people that have like for example like for me uh mary kate morse uh would fit in this category i don't know what about for you uh i'd say abbott peter for a long time yeah sure yeah rob bell some people like that that kind of hold that while they're hold this energy Mm -hmm. and anyway so roar he basically says you know like we have these people that we kind of hold in high esteem and one of the things that he he would suggest is that something that these people each have in common is that they all died before they died mm. there's a sense that these these kinds of people in our lives that we really admire hold in high esteem you know we in some ways they become like models for us of how we want to live our lives each of those people in some way has probably died before they die, right? Mm. There's a sense of having given themselves over to a process or submitted to something or surrendered or let themselves return. And out of that ground has come, has, has been raised something solid, something beautiful, something contagious. Mm-hmm. What does that death look like? I mean, not, you know, obviously everyone's experience is different, but mm-hmm. what does that death tend to look like in a person that this death before they die yeah i think there's like a a pretty significant reckoning with uh, it i mean i think maybe some people could experience it in a moment you know but i think it's it's uh, a season could be a dark night of the soul something where the soul is just so gripped it could be with grief it could be some sort of hardship it could just be like an internal battle and kind of coming out the other side but there's a sense of um letting uh let's see it's 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 turning over all of the stones internally right it's not it's not um being it's not settling for a mask or settling with a coping mechanism it's actually like going all the way down in i i think i guess that's what comes to mind yeah yeah um and i and i think that for you know, we, we talk about the magnanimous people, right? This is just you don't you don't have to be a Rob Bell or a Mary Kate Morse or someone like that to experience this by any means. Uh, this is a this is the movement towards wisdom, right? Yeah. This is the movement towards um, uh, being someone who actually uh, brings about healing in the world. Wait, can I just? I, I think the word that pops up for me, this word gravitas. Gravity comes in a person when wounds have healed well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what gravitas. That's the word. Say more about that. Well, I think, you know, like you were talking yesterday about the wound. I mean, I think we each kind of carry, mm. like maybe you could speak to that for 
for a bit, but I, th- I think there's this sense that engaging with that, reckoning with it, wrestling with it, mm. giving yourself over to um, moving through that mm. healing, it actually produces gravity in a person. Yeah, I mean, well, like even with this first human, right? Um, God causes the human to go into deep sleep and from the side creates this second human. And obviously there's a wound, right? Like not only does the human come from the ground, Mm -hmm. but in order to create connection, there is a wound that is inflicted that also, well, what do we do with that? That's kind of, that's crazy. I think that, I mean, this is the thing, right? I I mentioned a second ago, like our wounds um, oftentimes are what have connected us for better or for worse, mm-hmm. for better, or for worse, are we have been wounded and our wounds have connected us. Yeah. And, and sometimes it heals properly and mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't. For sure. And so, uh, and not all, and sometimes in the same wound, there's both, uh, healing and deformity, right? Yeah, totally. There, 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 there are ways in which it's healed, but not healed well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, or, or, or maybe we engage with a certain form of quote unquote healing to get us through this portion. And now, yeah, I don't know. I think about in my own life, having remained connected to my brother's death as a 13 year old, I like, I maintain that connection through very painful means. Mm-hmm. And I got to a point where it was like, this is not working for me anymore, yeah, yeah. but it got me through. Yeah. And, and, and thank God for that. Yeah. Right. And thank mm-hmm. God for the ways in which out we have, uh, healed as best we can. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, the, the process of life is actually, um, a process of healing over time. Yeah. It's not, it's not an image of being, um, Oh, God took a rib out and sewed Adam up and, you know, within 24, 48 hours, he was fine. <laughs> um, I think that it's more like, what happens to Jacob in uh, the story where Jacob wrestles with God mm-hmm. and um, there's a wound that happens and his hip is dislocated. And I don't, I can't remember if this is scripture, but I know it's at least the the folklore around Jacob, but that he walked with a limp yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, to some degree, like our work is oftentimes, I think you can boil down our brokenness uh, to, there's like a wound, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what is that eternal wound in you? For me, Liz, it is, um, it is the message that I am not good enough. Yeah. I am not enough. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of my brokenness, the ways in which I live out that brokenness are rooted back in that wound. Yeah. But, um, there's been a lot of healing around that wound, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of healing in me left to do. For sure. And, and that right there is, is this movement not to say, oh, I'm healed and yeah. now I'm walking fine. For sure. But to say, I'm, I've, I've experienced some healing um, and I'm still, I'm still in process, in process yeah. and I'm moving towards healing. And here's something I want to say about that. You know, I think, uh, and I've seen social media flooded with, um, you know, articles, uh, quotes, whatever about grief and loss in this season. And in some ways, I celebrate that because we so refuse death in our culture that we don't know how to deal with it. And suddenly we're dealing with it like all over the place. And so this is our way of trying to like get grief mm. kind of into the water. And so in some ways I celebrate that. In other ways, I think that a, a common mistake is to see the healing process as this linear mm-hmm. on a, a, on a trajectory, like, mm. um, 
what does Michael Scott say? If I can at least get them depressed, I will have done my job. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I can get them to the state of depression, yeah. right? So we, we think about like the stages of grief as like, oh, I'm trying to get to acceptance, but that's not how grief works. Mm -hmm. It actually works in cycles. And I think it's because on the flip side of that coin, the, I mean, these things are moving in tandem. Healing comes in cycles. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not mm -hmm. this sense. And this is probably if we were to get theological, your main hang up with entire sanctification, right? Yeah. Is a sense of, yeah, yeah, that's it. Absolutely. <laughs> this sense of like arriving and yet like I'm always being reborn in some way. Mm -hmm. we we're actually um, just talking about uh, Nicodemus and that, that whole, like, you have to be, yeah, you have to be born be, again. Be born again. Mm -hmm. And what does that actually mean? Are we sure it's not initiation? Yeah. What do we actually think about? I don't know. Sorry. I'm taking a hard left. Maybe that's a future podcast, yeah. but I think, I think it's important to actually think about healing. Like we think about, or like we ought to think about grief. It is in cycles. And so there is a, have you ever like gotten to this place where you're like, I thought that I beat that. Mm. I thought I was done with that only to find your face rubbing back in the dirt mm -hmm. and you're like, oh wait, I'm still dealing with this. And, and here, this is the misnomer even about healing. We, we translate healing as perfection. Mm. I mean, we even, we have an old time word called yeah. Christian perfection. Yeah. Okay. You've heard this, even though, even entire yeah. sanctification, mm -hmm. the whole, the whole idea I think is this misreading of Genesis one and two that we've we, we don't understand Tov Me'od. We don't understand the connectedness of, of creation. Things. We think yep. of creation as perfect. Yep. And therefore, that's what we're always trying to get back to. It's, <laughs> I am perfect as an object in and of myself. Right, yeah. yeah. And it, uh -huh. and so, like, healing must be, like, I need to heal as a person. Mm -hmm. yep. And healing looks like, once I'm healed, I won't do these things anymore. Yep. And I'll stop wreaking havoc um, in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'll stop looking at porn. And I'll stop masturbating. And mm -hmm. I will I will stop getting angry at my kids. You only got one chance to pick up your mat. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Like, Oh, you know, I, I've been healed. Jesus has healed me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like moving forward. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, no one can tell me that this isn't the narrative. I've heard it, you know, verbally, yeah. um, from sermons or testimonials. For right. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, but it actually, yeah. it's actually about this movement towards connection. Yeah. And so if the connection, uh, it, it naturally, uh, creates, new life, new streams, new ways of living. Mm -hmm. But the point actually is not about um, um, this cutting off. It's about reconnecting to this this person that somehow we've lost. Yeah. This part of ourselves that has, has been cut off mm -hmm. through through the ways that we've been wounded, right? right. It's, it's going back to that ground, um, into that vulnerability, that naked and unashamed. Um, yeah. And in recovering what has just been uh, covered up by, you know, whatever ways that we've decided to cope with life. Yeah. It just popped into my mind, um, you know, the verb, when Jesus is on the cross and he, and he says it is finished, that verb comes to us in the perfect tense. Meaning that it is this event, it is finished, like uh, that finalizing event happened in the past, right? It, it happened. He's saying it's done right here, right now. It's done. But who's, you know, the, the effects of which are felt ongoing into the present, into the future. It was like this stake in the ground and moving forward. It was finished then. It's finished now. And, and I think we sometimes take that it is finished to and, and equate it to like some sort of space that we're supposed to get to. And yet, like what is happening is like this ongoing finishingness 
you know, and mm. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it would look like if we reclaimed that in all spaces of our lives. Mm. I, and, and I think that, you know, Roar has this quote, um, in, um, in this book, Adam return, Adam's return. He says, without a group, nothing goes very deep or lasts very long in the spiritual life. Without a group, hmm. nothing goes very deep or lasts very long in the spiritual life. And and I think that healing uh, requires community. Yeah. It's, it, uh, healing requires community over the course of time. Mm. Uh, not, not just um, seeing people. Um, in some ways, I would say, if this season is doing anything, it is carving out a, a category in people for connection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's taking, it's, it's causing people to long for it by taking it so, uh, taking it away to such an extent that we're like, Oh, this is actually what I need and want. Yeah. Um, even if we're still at the point of like, I don't, I don't care if I see another person right now, right? It's taking us all the way down. Mm. And I think that, I think that is, um, that this this uh, what we see even with Adam right is not good. It's not about not being good enough. It's not about uh, this human not being um, worthy, right? Or how mm-hmm. we've taken that to to mean, oh, he's he must not be uh, good. It's been used to talk about marriage, right? It's not good for a man <laughs> to not have a woman, yeah. right? That's kind of how, and it's not good for a woman to not have a man. That's mm-hmm. that's how it's been taken. It's really about connection. Yeah. It's not, it's not good. The human is not connected mm-hmm. alone. Right. And so we need that connection in order to step into deeper and deeper healing in our lives. And I agree with you. And at the same time, I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? Mm. I mean, that's kind of like, I get to the end of evenings sometimes. And like, if I'm being honest, I'm like, is this meaningless? Like, what is all this for? I don't know. And yet I have a short list of people that I I need to reach out to. Not as in I need to initiate conversation with them. But I've been initiated with and I don't know how to reach back. Mm-hmm. And that is telling of the space that I'm in. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, man. Some of my dearest friends that probably could lift me. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm still going all the way down. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out, like, I don't even know. So what does this mean for us? What does it mean for you? What are you trying to do right now to lean into, you know, that quote you read about in groups? Yeah. Like, what are, you, what are you trying to do right now? I'm, uh, I, I would say I'm in a season right now of I don't, I don't want to see people. Mm. And yet I'm longing to see people. Yeah. It's both. It's both for me. And, and so in some ways it's committing to these, um, you know, I have my men's group. Um, that we meet, we've met over Zoom two times now. Mm. Um, uh, and then I've gone on social distance walks with a few friends. Mm. And I feel like that is what I, ha- I have to commit to that. And it's not just with those people. I've also committed um, a number of days. It's It's been intermittent, I'll be honest. But uh, around 4.30, I will leave my desk at home and I'll go and walk. Mm. And I and I know about myself. Like I connect with myself. I connect with God when I'm walking, mm-hmm. not when I'm sitting. 
my body is moving, my mind and my heart move into motion as well. Mm. And so it's, I, I'm finding like my, my humanity feels so minimal right now mm. that my, I don't feel like I have the luxury of just like, I'm just going to finish my work and then continue on the evening as I normally would. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to do something that even on a marginal, in a marginal way reminds me that I have a body, reminds me that I'm hurting reminds me that I'm healing, Mm. reminds me that I can love and that I am loved uh, because those are things that fade very quickly in my, you know, 7.45 to 4.30 work day. I don't feel those things throughout the day. I feel like a machine. Yeah. And so that's what I'm doing right now is committing myself to these these intermittent times where I can actually connect Mm. with myself or connect with someone even in a very marginal way. Yeah, that's good. What about you? Well, usually uh, exercise and motion helps. But the last time I, like, went biking was on Monday in between some very hard Zoom meetings. And had a friend drive me up to the top of a hill so I could just bomb it on my bike. And that felt really good. But it's been a week of, like, stasis in a bad way for me, to be honest. Um, I think, you know, the the thing that comes to mind, I'm in, you know, in some really tough conversations at work this week and, uh, my coworkers made me laugh so hard over zoom yesterday that I started crying because I was laughing. So mm-hmm. there was just so much sarcasm and it made me laugh so hard and I started crying. And then I had this moment of like, Oh no, I'm actually going to start weeping. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, yeah. it's the, it's the dividing line between, I just experienced a lot of joy and that is, I'm going to, it's about to come crashing down. Mm. Um, and I didn't know what to do with that because I, it's zoom and like, how are people supposed to sit with that? You know? And yet, um, and a zoom later on in the afternoon yesterday, I like actually like wept and am trying to be okay with my emotions as they're popping up. Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard. I cried last night. Wow. I cried a lot. I cried a lot of times yesterday. That's what I'm doing. I'm crying. Here it is. <laughs> Which for me, um, Michael and I were talking about this the other day that when I am in a space of anger, I'm like a verbal processor, fear, same thing. I'm just, I get like chatty. When I'm in a space of sadness, I am an internal processor. I like shut it down. Mm. And it's really hard for me to engage verbally where I am or even let tears come. So I think. I think I'm I'm allowing myself to be okay with feeling deep things and letting mm-hmm. people know about it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think as we wrap up here, that that is I think it's an incredible invitation. What you're saying, Liz, like, you're you're feeling a lot of sadness mm-hmm. and then numbness, and then the laughter will bring you back into your sadness. Yeah, I think that it's going back to the core emotions. Uh, being with where we're at Mm -hmm. and you know we talk about the core emotions we talk about counter emotions that get us stuck and keep us from feeling Mm -hmm. we talk about defenses that further shadow the counter emotions and I think that would that be like chips and queso chips and queso are definitely a defense that's definitely (laughs) but it's also joy (laughs) yeah okay yeah you're right Uh, and uh, but like I think that we we have to uh, give ourselves grace right that's been said a bunch Mm -hmm. of times like there's a lot of grace being extended in this time. Um, it's it's both grace to be where we're at and also grace to risk 
feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. grace to step out and say, okay, um, this is where I'm at. Um, I don't feel anything. Um, or, um, or I'm just kind of spinning out here in this stratosphere of defenses and I'm not really even getting anywhere Engaging. near. Yeah. Right? It's mm-hmm. grace to say, yep, this is where we're at. Mm-hmm. And like, what's the movement? Yeah. Right? Because the, 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 again, the ultimate is not joy. Right. It's not about getting to this place of like, everything's great. Right. Um, it's actually about moving into that next emotion, mm-hmm. whatever it is that needs to be felt. Yeah. Um, because if we can touch that and we can feel it, then we can move. And I think that is how we heal. Right. It's like, it's like blood circulating, right? That is actually how healing happens. Like when blood can, can get move the, in our, yeah. yeah. When blood can get to the wound, um, and, and begin healing it, then, uh, then like healing, healing really starts. But if we, if we just kind of like clam up and say, I'm not going anywhere, just leave the tourniquet on, see what right. happens. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's to feel what we're feeling and it's to do podcasts in cars, uh, <sighs> outside of a coffee shop just yep. to get out of town. And, yep. um, it's to, it's to find ways to make life sustainable, mm-hmm. uh, right now. Yeah. Tove Mayo. Tove Mayo. Liz, as we end, give us a check out. What core emotion or core emotions are you checking out with? I am checking out with joy and sadness and this line that keeps popping into my head that says all is grace Hmm. what about you checking out with joy and fear Hmm. and um, I'm gonna just invite the narrative of I am not good enough to be here and I'm gonna also say uh, that I am good enough I am enough and I'm going to hold those in tension today hmm. that I both feel not good enough and that I am good enough. All is grace. All is grace. Thanks again for listening to the Profaned Ordained Podcast. Join us next time as we dive into Genesis 3. Have a great week. <laughs>